This is the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast, and here are your hosts, Memphis at DFF Memphis and Jerry at Jerry Sin DFF. What's happening and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone. I am your host, Memphis at DFF Memphis, and you are listening to the flagship podcast of the dynastyfootballfactory.com and we are proud members of the dynasty football network at df underscore network on twitter and after almost two weeks without podcasting with this guy i gotta bring him in he is the man of the hour the man with the power mr jerry sinclair jerry what is going on tonight sir so much randy a so lot much i haven't talked to you and it, that just breaks my heart you know the listeners got a show but i didn't get my randy fix you, i got to listen to it but i i had already made that podcast so i knew how that sounded you know but but before i i thank you by the way um it was nice you know we, we always text and keep chat you know in chats and other stuff that, that we're a part of so it's not like we didn't communicate but it's the uh, the chance to actually speak speak in the spoken word, which is a lost art in these days. We're just quick to send a text or a DM or a Voxer or whatever. But it's good to catch up with you. Uh, how was the week without a podcast? You know, just you know, lazy boring. around the house? It, it was boring, yeah. I, I mean, it's actually nice in Michigan, so that was nice. But you were the one on vacation. You tell us how your week went. You know, it was good. Uh, went down to Florida with the family. Uh, never want to hear this from the one of the locals, but hey, it's 10 degrees colder than it normally is here. Not cool. <laughs> Not cool, Mr. Bicycle shop owner, rental guy. But, uh, you know, I got a lot of stuff done. Everything is on track for Patreon, our merchandise, and the listener leagues. So more on that to come, but the the due date of Cinco de Mayo is 100% on track. The listener league will definitely kick off right on that weekend. Might get the merch and the Patreon page up a hair earlier, but uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But... Speaking of all that other fun stuff, I want to thank the, the, the many people that, you know, reviewed the podcast. Uh, three people left comments and a five-star. Six total left five-stars. We appreciate you. The ones that left comments that I could find were Ferris, Diddy, and M. Fiella 2001. So we most certainly appreciate that. And uh, we would most certainly appreciate if you would head over to Instagram and check out our Instagram page. It's just simply at Dynasty Warzone. Trying to be more active over there. Jerry, you an Instagram guy? Uh, newly. So I am sort of a lost puppy just looking for my way around the Instagram world. It's all fantasy. If you follow me on Instagram, Jerryson, DWZ, uh, you will not get selfies, believe it or not. Randy May. Uh, I, I, I could. Uh, now, on my personal account, if you want to follow me there, I'm kind of boring. Occasional picture of my dog. Something at the gym, maybe my kid, maybe my wife. But uh, I will say on Instagram, one thing good thing about Instagram is that if you follow a certain thing in like your search feed, it will give you more of that thing. So if you follow the Dynasty War Zone, hint, hint, you, you will see more, you know, fantasy and, and Dynasty content, which is great. Um, but if you follow fitness pages, you get a lot of those quote unquote Instagram models always popping up in your feed. Not the worst thing. If you're into that sort of thing, uh, I threatened that Jerry may throw you an Instagram model butt shot. He said his butt is flat. Kid, it is flat. Kid, it's all about those angles. We can make the flattest of asses <laughs> look like a juicy, like a juicy peach. Uh, just a few angles. So we'll, we'll work on that. But but please check out our Instagram. And then uh, one thing, I, I'm going to thank you first on behalf of me and the show. So the Dynasty War Zone last year in its old 
uh, host setup of myself, John Sheps, and Mike Jernigan. Uh, and then this year with Jerry and myself, we've been voted two years in a row to Ryan McDowell's Dynasty Must Follows on Twitter. We're very appreciative on that. And I've been uh, you know, on the list two years in a row as an individual contributor. So I just want to thank each and every one of you that took a minute to nominate me on that list. It means a ton. It tells me that I'm helpful and that I'm entertaining. And those are the two reasons why I do this. Uh, mostly to be helpful, somewhat entertaining. And Jerry, you want to thank these people for the same thing. Yeah, two years in a row on the redraft list. This was my first year on the dynasty list. I'm pretty sure it's just because I'm entertaining, but I, I will pretend that I'm also helpful. Jerry, you, you are most, most helpful. And I got a good GIF game or GIF game. I, we could start a war on that. It's, I'm it's, not going to start that proven, war. It's been proven. I forget who posted it, but that it's GIF. It's pronounced with a uh, soft G. So... uh I'm just telling you what I read. Doesn't make it a fact, but it doesn't make it wrong either. But uh, real quick, you know, as we're talking about, you know, my journey, which has just been a couple of years in the dynasty and, and fantasy industry, for lack of a better term, and I know you've been at it longer than I have. But if you, the listener, are curious and interested in getting into this, I will tell you to, to look no further than the Dynasty Football Factory. Um, I owe my start in this from the very beginning to the fantasy football fellas, Seth and Kyle and MG over at the Dynasty Football Factory. Uh, they reached out. They said, hey, you seem to be really you know, into this and like this. Would you like to contribute? And I did. Um, and then I met guys like Shane, John Sheps again. So if you're looking, if you're interested and in, in, in you've got the desire to do that, man, just reach out to the Dynasty Football Factory handle or reach out to Shane at DFF underscore Shane. They can steer you in the right direction. Worst case scenario, you can slide my DMs or Jerry's. Uh, I'm at DFF Memphis. He's at Jerry Sin, you know, DF. What is yours again? Jerry Sin DFF. You had it. You were getting it. I started to give out, I started to give out your phone number. Just (laughs) call Jerry. Just call Jerry. (laughs) I get enough notifications, but the thing about DFF too, is it's just a good group of guys. Like, I I don't want to like keep pitching, but it's fun. We have group chats and they're, it's just, they're a group of degenerates just like us. So, and it's, it's just fun to be involved in that. Uh, I will tell you that that I have a very short attention span. Uh, and squirrel. I, I, squirrel, squirrel, exactly. Uh, but I, I will say that uh, I wouldn't have stuck around as long as I've as I have if it hadn't have been for guys like Shane, like MG. Uh, I could go on and on, but just check it out if you're interested. But uh, Jerry, we got to uh, take our salesman cap off and put on our news hat. You ready to do some news? Let's do some news. This is the news. All right, well, the uh, first bit of news, and it's not really like news as it relates to your dynasty roster, it's just news to us. Uh, Antonio Brown and Juju got into what I like to call a slap fight on Twitter. Uh, Some fan riled up Mr. Big Chest, Mr. Big Checks, out there in Oakland about Juju being named the team MVP, and they started taking, uh, what Drake say, you know, trigger fingers become Twitter fingers or some (laughs) shit like that? I mean, that's exactly what I felt like. I'm like, man... You got out of you got out of Pittsburgh. You got your money. You know like, what? How are you gonna go, go after Juju? Like of all people, like he's the most like wholesome, loving guy. I, hey, I, I'm not picking sides. I could care less. I I just really want both these jackasses to score fantasy points on my dynasty rosters. But you know, uh, I do lean Team Juju. Uh, I'm looking for someone to fill the void 
recently created by the loss of Gronk in my life in the NFL. So, you know, I'm leaning Juju. I'm not sold on Juju yet, but uh, these guys are better than that. So not, not really anything from a dynasty standpoint. Uh, I will say one that, that, that I'm finding intriguing is uh, Josh Rosen. It looks like Washington is the leader in the clubhouse to land his services. Jerry, what do you think about Josh Rosen going to uh, the nation's capital? I think they're going to draft a wide receiver pretty early, too. So, I mean, with Darius Geis, and if they can get a nice young wide receiver of, you know, of out of this class, Randy, baby, like that's that's flashy. That's sexy. That's what I want to see. Yeah, I'm, I'm out there throwing out low ball offers on Josh Rosen now. And I, I know everybody kills him, but, you know, and I hate to, but it's the best I got. You know, Andy Dalton had his, you know, best seasons in Cincinnati when Jay Gruden was the offensive coordinator. And I, I don't think this is a death sentence. I, I don't think that the weapons are anywhere near as good in Washington. Even, and the cupboard was pretty bare out in Arizona. You know, but at yeah. least they had, they had Larry Fitz. They had Christian Kirk. They had DJ, the official tight end of the uh, Dynasty Warzone podcast. Ricky Seals Jones. Been a while since we said that. Hopefully uh, Cliff Kingsbury can, can use Ricky Seals. But, I mean, he's going to find the cupboard pretty bare. I mean, he's going to have the always hurt Chris Thompson. The freshly hurt Darius Geis. The uh, you-can-hurt-me-but-you-can't-stop-me Adrian Peterson. Uh, Josh Doxson has never lived up to potential, but that's kind of not always on him. And uh, and that's really Jordan Reed, speaking of always injured. <laughs> yeah, right. So, so, I mean, it's not like the cupboard's necessarily stocked there in Washington, but you know what? I like Rosen. I liked him last year. And I'm out there throwing out, you know, early seconds in my Superflex leagues, just, just seeing what I can get. I mean, I, I'm about I, that. I'd do that in a heartbeat. You know, I, I mean, I like Rosen. I mean, listen, I get that he struggled, but I mean, that was a bad team. I mean, what do you expect him to just walk into? He didn't walk into a Patrick Mahomes situation. I mean, I'm not saying he's him, but I mean, that's just a different world. Yeah, you're you're comparing apples to pomegranates, but you know they're they're both fruit, and these guys are both quarterbacks, and they're both going to be starters in the NFL, and a starter in the NFL has. Super flex value. So if I can get him for the 202, the 203, something like that, you're buying equity, in my opinion, because as soon as he lands a starting job, you know, you can flip him for, you know, potentially better than that, a player plus a pick in 2020 after the NFL draft. Lots of potential moves with Josh Rosen. So uh, I definitely like that. Here's one that I found interesting. According to Peter King, uh, Dwayne Haskins' stock is sinking, and he could be as the fourth QB off the board in the NFL draft. Holy cow, Jerry, you're, you're my ticket to all things college in the Big Ten. What do you think about Haskins slipping behind Drew Locke and Daniel Jones? Not buying that for one second, Randy. I don't know how anyone can watch Dwayne Haskins throw for whatever he threw for, 50 touchdowns last year, and tell me that he's going to slip behind those guys. I just, I'm not buying it. Smoke and mirrors for me. I, honestly... I'm still at Dwayne Haskins as my number one quarterback. I know it's a hot take. I know I am hot. not on the popular side of that, but sorry, Kyler Murray, you're five foot ten and you're good and you can run and you can throw. I I just want to see it. I've seen Dwayne Haskins play against good defenses and dominate them. I I, don't I mean think it Michigan matters. had a great defense and he made them look like children. Michigan State had a good defense. He made us look like little crying babies. 
Well, I mean, and, and you did say he had 50 touchdowns, and, and uh, th- that's a Mahomes of touchdowns. Anytime a quarterback has 50 touchdowns, he had a Mahomes of touchdowns. So, yeah, f- uh, 50 and 8. Sorry, I just looked it up. 50, 50 and 8. touchdowns, 8 interceptions, 4,800 yards it, it's in a re- college season. Ohio, you know, think about, about the history of Ohio State football. And those are record-setting numbers for an Ohio State quarterback. I know the game has changed, obviously, over the years, but I don't know that this kind of feels like smoke and mirrors that it, that a team wants him to slide so they can nab him late with a later pick. Who knows? But uh, I it, it doesn't matter to me. Outside of Kyler Murray, uh, Haskins is still my number two, and Drew Locke is still my number three. Uh, I don't see that changing. And but don't don't let stuff like this worry you. Um, we're going to be back on the mock train. A mock draft train next week with uh, our, our next week's special guest, but um, stay tuned. It, you know, d- don't fall for all this uh, smoke and mirrors that's designed to confuse. Next bit of news: Seth Roberts, uh, formerly of the Oakland Raiders, apparently when they bring Antonio Brown, Tyrell Williams, uh, and a couple other guys in, they no longer have a, a use for Seth Roberts. So he's going to Baltimore. And uh, Baltimore also worked out fat Eddie Lacy. What do you make of these stories? Anything anything of, of note? Not on the Seth Roberts thing. The Eddie Lacy thing made me laugh, though, because he didn't even play. He Not only did he not play, he wasn't on a team last year. And now all of a sudden, love to he's see how he looks. Look. I would just love to see like like a visual. <laughs> you know he was. And if you've never been to this place, heard this place, Jimmy's Famous Seafood in the Baltimore area, check that place out. Great food. But uh, you know he was at Jimmy's Famous Seafood just doing work crab cakes. <laughs> just, that's all he went there for. And the team probably just saw him and they're like, hey, you want to talk? And that was their meeting. He, he just, he just you, know, gets to, you know, if the team didn't buy him dinner, he gets to write that off. But uh, <laughs> nothing of use there. The, uh, the Baltimore running back you want is still Mark Ingram. And I, I still think they'll be used for Kenneth Dixon. And nothing wrong with hanging on to uh, Gus Edwards, but I just thought that was a funny story and a good way to uh, talk about Fat Eddie Lacy. And then I, I will tell you that this is again not really kind of like the the first story with AB and Juju. Uh, we got to go to another slap fight, and that was between Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy in this 15 page, I think it was, Bleacher Report article. Oh my goodness, is Aaron Rodgers petty? And uh, is is Mike McCarthy an antiquated, stuck in his way? I, I was a defender of Mike McCarthy when all this went down. And, you know, I, I'm the kind of guy that I, I'm a great guy to argue with because if you come to me with facts and information, I will change my point of view. I'm not so dug in that, I, that I'm like, nope, this is my take and my take staying. You know, I, I, I'm, I've done a 180. I mean, I, 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 like, I like Aaron Rodgers less. As a person, still love him as a quarterback for fantasy, and that's what we're here for, let's be honest. And uh, my, my goodness. So if you haven't checked this out, go to Bleacher Report, search it on you know the internet. Jerry, did, did you read any of this? I didn't see it. I saw Devontae Adams came to Aaron Rodgers' defense, but that was all I really saw of it, and he was sort of calling out McCarthy too a little bit. Well, he's kind of got to. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I agree. In, in this article, it said that if uh, – Aaron Rodgers does not believe in you. You are not getting targets. And Devontae Adams is his guy, and what do you know? He had like 160-some-odd targets last year. It also probably didn't hurt that he was, you know, with a bunch of rookie wide receivers and a hurt Randall Cobb. So that might have helped that 160-plus targets too. But just if you're looking for something to read as we're creeping up to the NFL draft and you don't want to be uh, confused by smoke smoke screen 
things like the the one we just mentioned about Dwayne Haskins. Read this article. It's it's a fascinating read. And the last little bit of news is Ryan Grant going to join Antonio Brown, Tyrell Williams out there in Oakland. He's going to move into the slot. You know, I, I'm not buying. Um, I saw him firsthand last year here with the Colts, and he was okay. But there, there was a, a huge opportunity for him, and he did not impress. What do you make of uh, Ryan Grant out there in uh, Oakland? Nah. Just like, I mean, I know the listeners couldn't see your reaction, but just shrug your shoulders. I mean, yeah, he's fine. He's okay. I wouldn't trust him on any fantasy team. Well, it would look, have to be the deepest of the deepest to even roster him, in my opinion. Well, look, Jerry, we are 16 minutes in, and these people are dying to hear from Jason Moore. Yes, that Jason Moore of those fantasy footballers, and actually of my favorite non football related podcast in the genre right now the spitballers every monday we'll talk about that with him on the show but uh can't wait to get jason on the show jerry you ready to bring on jason oh let's do it let's bring on jason all right guys and now for our very special guest you know him as jason moore of the fantasy footballers only the 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 most awesome redraft fantasy podcast in all the land but you might also know him from the spitballers podcast which happens to be my personal favorite non-football related podcast out there jason welcome to the show thanks for having me happy to be here and uh yeah we we've got i mean the the multitude of shows coming from the fantasy footballers is massive we're at two now you're at two well soon (laughs) you guys will be back up to three and then we'll go to five. Is that correct? Yeah, well, I'm speaking of total different shows with the Spitballer. Soon it will be up to three with our DFS show in season. Uh, but, yeah, we eventually here we'll be recording like seven, eight a week. We've got our footcast for our, um, you know, official Foot Clan members every week. And we we do five a week plus the DFS plus the Spitballer. So we're podcasting. Yes, yes, you are. So, um but before we get into all that, so if, you, if you're not familiar with the Spitballers, find it on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, everywhere that you find podcasts. Um, it's got a picture of a monkey with a straw shooting a spitwad, and it's got an orange background. Check it out. It is absolutely hilarious. It drops every single Monday and is a wonderful podcast to fill your lunch hour. It's my favorite. Uh, but before we get into Dynasty, because you recently completed a Dynasty startup or in the middle of one, um, you guys got a little thing coming out I've heard of called the Ultimate Draft Kit. What's going on with the UDK in 2019? Oh, yeah, that is, you know, that's our flagship for redraft players. Um, and, you know, we have Dynasty content in there as well, our Dynasty and Rookie rankings shortly after the the NFL draft is completed. But, yeah, the, the Ultimate Draft Kit, it's been a huge success, helped people build a foundation for winning in fantasy. It's kind of like uh, taking the old busted magazine model and making it, new and current with good information up to date this year we have an app that is coming with it i uh we i mean it's 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 mostly developed it's a lot of fun i can't wait for people to see it um so there's there's a lot of upgrades we've made in this year's ultimate draft kit i think people will love it moving up in the world jason (laughs) one step at a time no, the, the, the UDK is awesome, and it's always got a bunch of awesome content. So what can you tell us, without giving too much away, uh, what can you tell us about the Dynasty content in 2019? Well, I mean, look, we, we will put out each of our, Mike, Andy, and myself, we'll put out um, our Dynasty rankings and our rookie redraft rankings 
Um, obviously, we have Matt Harmon's reception perception uh, as part of that, and that will cover write-ups for all the incoming high-profile rookies. Obviously, on the website, the Fantasy Footballers, we we do plenty of uh, rookie scouting and and stuff like that. So yeah, dynasty dynasty players, it is it is very relevant as well. No, that's awesome because uh, it's great to hear as a dynasty. I guess that's my favorite form of fantasy football. It's great to see you guys using your massive widespread reach to alert more of the redraft player that there is a dynasty world out there and what it does and, and how it works. And I hear that on, on your podcast every week. But speaking of dynasty, you recently were in the middle of a startup. Has that startup completed yet? We have. We have completed the draft. And, and, and what was your strategy? Uh, my strategy was draft all of the best players. I, uh, I have actually or, never tried that strategy. That is a good one to go with. I find it works well. No, I mean, generally speaking, my strategy for a startup dynasty, early rounds, I'm looking wide receivers uh, just for longevity. Um, build, you know, in our dynasty, we've gotten extra flex over, you know, most leagues. So that's almost always going to be filled with a wide receiver. They last longer. You can grab them younger. Uh, you can also grab them older. My general strategy, though, is to find the marriage of people who are already producing over the hopefuls. So, like, I would much rather have a 27-year-old wide receiver that has already broken out. We know he's great than a 23-year-old wide receiver who hasn't done it yet, but he has potential. And I think a lot of times when people are starting up a dynasty league they get so enamored with age and you you have to take age and contract situation into account but i think sometimes you swing the pendulum so far that you end up with a lot of hopefuls and then as the years go on they they don't necessarily hit while other people took the guys who have already proven themselves in the nfl and they're actually winning championships while you're now in a rebuild so you don't have dante pettis is what you're saying Oh, you know, it, okay. So there are exceptions. Okay. <laughs> there are love interests in fantasy football. Dante Pettis is one of mine and I actually did draft Dante <laughs> Pettis, but your example is is perfect, right? Like if Dante Pettis doesn't pan out, obviously with what we, we've heard from the San Francisco 49ers with they were pursuing heavily the Odell Beckham and Antonio Brown, that says to me that they'll probably draft a big name uh, wide receiver this year. So Pettis could very well do nothing and, and, you know, be, be a flame out. But I, I think, you know, when you, when you say what's your strategy and I say draft the best players, it's a joke, but it's also the truth. I try not to pigeonhole myself. We've got a phrase on our show, stay water. We don't just go in with one strategy where it's like, I do this for my first four rounds or I draft these types you know, it's it's every single round, every single pick. You look at who's on the board, who fits your team. You've got to keep in mind, like, you don't want all old guys and you don't want all young guys. So you just have to you have to build a well-rounded roster. No, that, that's awesome. And uh, Jerry will tell you, I am, uh, I guess we're in the same boat. I am the Dante Pettis truther. I have been banging that drum for so long. I, I just, their, their actions tell me that they, they, they love this guy. You know, they traded up to get him. They, they were obviously trying to produce, uh, pursue another wide receiver, whether that was Antonio Brown or Odell Beckham. There are rumors, and I agree. I think they'll draft another wide receiver, but uh, their actions tell me they really like this guy. It's one thing for uh, you know Shanahan or 
Lynch to pound the table and demand Joe Williams get drafted. It's another thing to trade up actual NFL draft capital to take Dante Pettis and, and make him his selection. But um, So you said draft the best player, so you're a win-now drafter because that's, that's how I personally draft. Yeah, I, I think you should be able to win. You know, in a startup dynasty draft, you should be able to win. Now, I year one is always a little bit more tough for me because I'm not grabbing the Todd Gurley's and David Johnson's and Lev Bell's in those, you know, in that first round. So I will be weaker in year one at running back um, than some of the other people. I still fully believe 100% I can win the championship in any dynasty startup year one but that'll be a slight a slightly more difficult year two is where I start to dominate starts to dominate and uh, I, I I like that so um like I recently had a debate with a friend of mine in a league where he was upset that another owner was doing the productive struggle model and I know I don't know if a lot of our listeners are familiar with that that's where a guy basically trade or a lady uh, trades away a lot of their you know that 27 year old that 28 year old that those breakout players for younger upside players and a lot of draft picks, knowing full well that they're going to lose in year one and probably struggle in year two with the hopes of having this young, dominant uh, roster in, in year three. But I've never gotten behind that. I'm cool with that strategy. It's, it's just never been for me. Jerry, have you ever tried the productive struggle? Well, I am in the middle of it in my oldest dynasty league right now. I drafted to win, and the Devonta Freemans of the world did not win it for me. I had a good wide receiver core, did not have a good running back core for the life of me. And the team that keeps winning is a juggernaut. So, you know, I'm blowing it up. I blow everybody up. I've got five first round picks this year. I've got seven next year. It's going to be such an ugly, awful, dreadful season this year. I just hope I could turn it around, you know, in the future. And, and here's the thing. Even if I have a piss poor draft, all I got to do is hit about 40% and I should have my starters with all those firsts. No. Well, that that that's the only league I've ever done that in, and it's sort of, you know, sometimes you just gotta shake it off. You just gotta you gotta do something new. I you no, know, I, I I roped you into this league picking up a, an orphan um, with the fantasy football fellas, and uh, I, I'm in the middle of a dispersal where I had to blow it up. I tried to compete year one. I jumped into the dispersal. I'm like, I can win this thing, and I had to do that. Jason, have you ever had to blow up a roster or two to uh, get your rebuild on? Uh, I have not yet had to blow it up, but I think it's a totally viable strategy when you when you are in a dynasty league and you know you're not competing. I would definitely take the approach of rebuild from the ground up because I don't want to be middle of the pack every year. Usually when you're middle of the pack, that helps you stay middle of the pack. And I want to win championships. But uh, so far, I've, I've been lucky enough to not have to to blow any up. I will say this for those of us that have had to blow it. It can be low-key fun. It can be low-key fun to have a bunch of picks. And, you know, like I'm in the one that I'm in with Jerry, I've got I think it's seven or eight of the top 24 picks. And I'm really excited for the draft. When you got a bunch of picks, NFL draft season is your season. Now, speaking of trades and and draft picks, now, do you make a lot of trades during your dynasty startups or are you more of a wait and see how, how things shake out before making moves? No, you have to make trades in a startup. I mean, if if you're doing a startup that allows trading, which I, I think most do, especially if it's any kind of slow draft where you've got the time on the clock to to do it, I mean, you should be trying to trade all the time, just little tiny trades to kind of work into your favor. If there's three or four guys you've got in the same bucket and you could trade back three or four picks and 
grab an extra player a little bit earlier, that's great. If you can, you know, I'm a big believer of converting like this season in a dynasty startup. I, I really used my, we had a separate uh, veteran draft and then we'll have a rookie draft after the NFL draft. And so I used a lot of my rookie capital um, to make moves. You know, I think all I've got left is like the, the last pick in the second and third round of the rookie startup so that I could, you know, move up, get Travis Kelsey where I wouldn't normally grab him, stuff like that. I, I, the dyna, you know, in a startup draft, startup is so important. That's basically your next decade. That's the foundation. And so, yeah, if you can, if you can trade late picks for earlier picks and get a few more known commodities and trade potential picks like in rookie drafts for known commodities i'm always a fan of that preach pre i don't think I, every startup i'm ever in i never have the first round pick the next season because i do that every single time every startup I've, I've, I've ever been in I, I i've always been for whatever reason we use the uh the random draft selector thing and i always wind up like 108 through 112 i never wind up with that what i and i personally prefer to draft from the middle i know a lot of people like being on the ends um either the you know one or two or 11 or 12 but i i, I don't like that huge gap whether it's redraft or dynasty i don't like that huge gap and that void of talent it's like okay cool i'm at the 101 in a redraft and i got I got Zeke Elliott or I got Barkley or whoever your, your RB1 is this year. And then I get to sit here and wait for 23 picks to go by before I even get to sniff anything uh, else. I'm with you. I, I absolutely hate being at the turn or one off of the turn because of that weight. It, you know, I like playing the ADP game. I like playing the, um, the value saying, I like this guy, but I'm confident I can get him next round. You can't do that when you're at the turn. Every time you try to do that and then... 24 players goes like you know you you can't wait you've got to grab the guys that you want and sometimes you have to reach for them so and of course in this startup i was the 12th pick so and who who were your two picks then you said you you were uh 112 so who's uh 112 and 201 well i mean 112 <laughs> yeah right trade it up from there <laughs> uh no so, uh Devontae adams slipped to the eight uh, to the eighth pick in the draft slipped in my opinion. Um, so I traded up and I grabbed Devonta Adams at eight and then, uh, held on with Mike Evans at 13. See, I, I love that. I also like to, if, if I can't get what, what I consider one of the top four or five running backs, you know, Zeke, Kamara, Barkley, I know I'm missing somebody, Christian McCaffrey. I don't know if I said him, if I can't get one of those guys, I'm going to hammer a wide receiver. What about you, Jerry? Are you a big wide receiver well, guy? Yes, uh, all the time for the, for the same reason that Jason said it earlier. Just age, and they don't get hurt as often. They last longer. Um, I'm I'm looking at the startup I'm doing right now. I got the 101, and yeah, I picked the first pick. I picked Saquon. I didn't take. I traded out of my picks in the second and third, and the fifth, sixth, and seventh. So I I moved all around. You got to move around the because. In the redraft world, when you get stuck on the end, it, that's what I hate. In Dynasty, I can move in and out of it. Like I had, I didn't have a second round pick. I had three third round picks. So, yeah, I, I'm a middle of the, give me the vanilla ice cream when it comes to drafting. Just the same rotation over and over again. No, that's, uh, that is awesome. So, um, I wonder, so we talked about trades. So, out of you, Mike, Andy, and Brooks, who is the most difficult to get a trade done with? Yeah, you just named him. 
we are we are the most <laughs> difficult to trade with. So the, my trade strategy is stupid, and it doesn't work. Now this isn't so much in a in a startup or in the draft, but like once the league is going and you want to trade, the way that I trade, which is very different than Andy, who is by far the best at at trading that I've ever seen. Um, I tend to always love a guy or hate a guy. So I'll, you know, I'll just be out there and, you know, the Dante Pettis example. And I'm like, I believe in Dante Pettis. I'm going to try to go get him from the owner and see if I can snag him before he breaks out or, you know, whoever that is. And so whenever I find that player and I go, man, last year, end of the year, I want Chris Godwin. And I go to the league and I'm like, who's got Chris Godwin? Whenever one of those names come up and it's Andy or it's Mike, or it's Brooks, I go, ah, crap. I don't want to, like, I know they like him too, or they know they know what my opinion is, so I can't buy low. I'm When I go to trade, I'm trying to, like, sell too high or buy too low, and I can't take advantage of them. I like people I can take advantage of, um, but if I had to pick one that's the most difficult of us, I think I would probably go Brooks. Really? He loves the guys he has. Yeah, he... He, uh, I don't, I, I can't remember a trade I've done with him. The, the, the judge is difficult now. Now, Jerry, Jerry is a, uh, just tell me what the cost is and I'll pay it. Uh, he, in that league I referenced earlier where I got him in there, he went after Joe Mixon, Kareem Hunt, and uh, Devonta Form, uh, Freeman, excuse me, pretty hard. Jerry, you want to talk about some of your trading style? If I think I'm going to win this year, I'll overpay. I don't, I just, if I can win that glorious silver chalice and drink the champagne from it. Give that to me every time. And, but now when you don't, that's when you end up in my other league where you are sitting there with, you know, pooping your pants and you, you got nothing to go with. So you got to blow it up, but it's, it's bitten me for sure. For sure. It has backfired, but you know, when you win, it's worth it. Who cares if you lose has, a trade? Has it brought you championships? Has that strategy paid off and you're like, I overpaid, but I won it. Took it yeah, down? it has and it hasn't. Like I said, it, in the one league, it certainly absolutely hasn't. And that's the one with all the trash talkers. So that's the one I <laughs> wish it would have paid off in, but it didn't. Yeah. No. See, Andy, to speak to trading, Andy is the, the king of trading. He is always nonstop trading. He'll trade anyone. He'll trade for anyone. What he does is he's like a stock market guy or a gambler that you know, makes a thousand bets and he just wants to win on 55% of them. And so over time, over the course of the entire season, he loses on plenty. I mean, he, he doesn't win every trade that he's in. He's not a great trader because he just always gets it right. He just makes enough little moves here or there, ga- grabs an extra piece where at the end of the year you go, wait, how did you end up? Like, how did you end up with four first rounders? It's like little tiny movements that just kind of squeaked things forward over and over and over um, that, you know, that's just, uh, he, I don't know if it's because he's just the most active communicator with the league or, or what it is, but it's a, it's a talent. Now it sounds like Andy and I have a lot in common because I'm that too. And I'm in a dynasty trade. I'm always that guy who wants just a tad more. So we'll come to like 99. You greedy, greedy SRB. I'm just trying to get that extra third. You know, throw that extra third rounder in there in the rookie pick. Because then I know in, in my rookie drafts, I can take my, I don't know, my 202. I'm making this up. I can take my 202 and that third that I, I got on the back end of that trade. 
and I can, you know, part, I can pair that up and I can make that little small bet very similar to Andy and I can move from 202 to like 110 and wind up getting uh, a player that, that I, I'm really excited about, but I also believe in compromise. I made a deal with Tyler Gunther of the Dynasty Happy Hour. Great guy. I think everybody here knows Tyler, and if you're not checking out the Dynasty Happy Hour, you should. And he and, he and I literally spent an entire day trading DMs back and forth on a deal. And finally, we hammered it out like after midnight. And a couple of weeks later, we were making another deal. And we had it all worked out, and I'm trying to work him for a third. And he was like, you know what, man, I think these guys are close. I, I don't think that I should have to throw in that third. You know what, at that point, I, I gave in. I was like, you know what, you're right. Last time, you accepted my deal. So this time, I will not hammer you for that extra third or fourth round pick. And, and I will, will move on. So um, my, my next question for you, Jason, is are you an ageist drafter? Do you care if it's Larry Fitzgerald or do you care if it's Tom Brady, if, if you think they can help you win uh, with your ultimate goal in, like, say, 2019 in this startup? Uh, I'm, I'm neither. I, I try to take both into account. Like I said, I want people who have already proven themselves in the NFL. But then, uh, of course, I would like them to not be retiring at the end of the season. Uh, but if I had to lean one direction, I would I would certainly lean towards the side of being willing to take on Fitz and Brady and and Big Ben and those players that are like people don't want in a startup draft. They're going in rounds 12, 13. It's like this is a this is a weekly starter for my roster this year. And you look at who you're, you know, going up against in that round and you're going you're you're taking a dart throw. That might be better, you know, you might get one better year than than Fitz or Brady or whoever, but odds are that you won't. So no, I'm I'm more on the side of give me the known commodities. What about you, Jerry? You uh you uh, a known commodity guy, you uh you willing to take a flyer late? It, not only do I take the older guys, not not so much Larry. I mean, bless his sweet and lovable heart, but he's a little too old for me. But I feel like Drew Brees is always the guy taking startups. But it's not so much the older guys that I take. It's the unsexy guys, the Devonta Freeman, the Lamar Miller, those guys that are just falling a few two rounds too many, and I know they're going to contribute. Hey, hey, those are always the guys. I seem like I just go, you know what? Give me him. I'll take him if everyone's going to keep letting him fall. And, and I do a little bit of both because uh, I agree with Jason in that I, in, in the first few rounds I'm looking for, it's kind of like uh, building your portfolio of investments. That first few rounds, I want guaranteed returns. I want safe. I want stable. I don't want to put my retirement in some shaky startup company, at least not all of it. But on the back end of my roster, I, I want some of that um, can, uh, grand slam. I, I, can get, I can get it all in one you know, make a lot of money on the back end, but I, I'm not afraid to layer in a Larry Fitzgerald. I, I mean, I made a move earlier this offseason where I traded in the league where I had a lot of those thirds and fours. I traded a fourth for, I think it was like 404. I traded 404 for Jordy Nelson, assuming that, hey, man, they just brought in, you know, Tyrell uh, Williams. They brought in Mr. Big Chest. I thought maybe, hey, we could get a little Jordy in the slot and, you know, could, could get some love. They hadn't signed a tight end. I could see Jordy playing that that over the middle role, and it burnt me. But, you know, I'm, I'm not afraid to to gamble on older players. Uh, I was talking with, with some of the guys in one of my group chats, and it's like, you know, there are guys still offering out, you know, late force and fists for Gronk on the upside in tight end premium leagues that Gronk may come back and, and, and make a run. So, Jason, we'll hit you with a couple more questions, and we'll get you off to record one of the 9 million podcasts you got to get back to. Um, are there any guys flying low under the radar that you're looking to acquire for dynasty leagues in 2019? 
um, under the radar. So I'm a, I'm a big believer, you know, we're from Arizona, um, and I'm a believer in Bruce Arians. I think he's a very good offensive coach. I think he will get the most out of Jameis Winston. Um, so my number one guy, and, and this was, this was a perfect example of being at the turn. I'm at the 12. We're late in rounds and I'm thinking I can get Justin Watson next the next round i i don't even remember what round this is let me look uh looks like justin watson was the 227th pick which i was finally back up at the 228th pick he went right before me but that's a guy flying a little bit more under the under the radar i i wouldn't be surprised if they replace him in the draft uh, obviously uh, the the you know the bucks signed brashad perriman He's probably ahead of Justin Watson right now, but I, I think Justin Watson's a good player. I think Bruce Arians gets the most out of good players, and if he ends up with that outside role now that Deshaun Jackson is gone, probably move Chris Godwin, another guy I love, into the slot. That that would be the the one under-the-radar guy I'm, I'm targeting more than others. What you didn't you, want to go with Kevin White to your Arizona Cardinals? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> look, you know, maybe – it's tough. It's really tough for me to believe in guys who have had a lot of chances to break out and haven't like Justin Watson hasn't had a chance yet. You know, it's, we haven't seen him fail and granted most of Kevin White's failures have been injury. So maybe he will be fine. Uh, Maybe the air raid system will be good for him. Maybe Kyler Murray will be good for him. Um, I would take a I would take a flyer on him, Jerry. But a late, but a late. Yeah, I'm with you. That that's one of those things I was talking about where, you know, that that's that late round flyer that if Justin Watson hits for you, he's going to hit hard, and even if you decide to keep him, he he will have flip value. You know, we talk a lot on this show about flipping players. If if Justin Watson hits for him at the 220 some odd pick. There's no reason why you might not be able to cash that out for for a nice 2020 draft pick, which is a class that a lot of people are very excited about. Jerry, you have any uh, flying low under the radar guys? Uh, so I'm sort of on Kalen Bellage, uh, just like every Debbie player was a few years ago. I'm not the biggest Kenyon Drake guy. I, I'm, and honestly, I don't know what to expect out of this Miami backfield. So I'm just taking him late in drafts and just hoping that he ends up being the guy. He's sort of a, a a plotter, which is weird for someone that had such a, a big long run that he had last year. But Kalen Balazs is a guy I keep I keep scooping up and just hoping maybe that's just ignorance on my part and dying on Kalen Balazs Mountain. Well, that's a mountain I sure as hell wouldn't want to die on. Um, <laughs> my, my guy is Robert Foster. I know the Bills brought in a lot of uh, receiving talent to try and help Josh Allen, but. You know, this was a guy who was highly recruited coming out of high school, going to Alabama, kind of got lost in the Alabama shuffle. Not that that's an actual dance like the Super Bowl shuffle, but you know, um, I, I love Robert. I love Robert Foster. I, I, I think there's, I think John Brown's a one-year guy, and uh, I recently bought uh, Robert Foster for a late second, early third. I think it was two twelve, two eleven. So, so that's a guy that I am. Uh, I'm, I'm certainly, you know, hoping and, and banking on, you know, breaking out along with Josh Allen. I like the fact that they were there together. You come in the class together, you grow together. Um, I don't ever want to compare Josh Allen and Robert Foster to T.Y. Hilton and Andrew Luck. But you saw how those two have progressed over the years. And when, when Luck's there, T.Y.'s there. So, um, 
Jason, last question for you, and then I'll ask Jerry, and I'll, I'll wrap it up, and then we'll take this thing home. Are there any rookies that you're already on and uh, that you or your fellow ballers are in love with? Uh, yeah, I would say that there, there's a handful. Um, when I was watching film, uh, I was a big fan of Akeem Butler uh, early on, but there's uh, – and, and at running back, there's not much. Like, I, I like them relative. Like, there's guys I like relative to the others. But I do not believe in this class. I would say my number one running back uh, from pure talent is Rodney Anderson, who we have no idea what he can do. Three of his four years, he had a season-ending injury. And uh, who knows how far he'll drop in drafts because of that. So if he's a fifth-round pick, probably irrelevant. If he can sneak into the third round, then he'll be on every team I can have him on. But my real guy that I fell in love with, because we don't, I'll, I'll be real honest. I don't watch college. I don't watch any college football. None. Zero. I wait until after the season. <clears throat> then I start scouting the players that are combine relevant, start scouting all the players that are drafted even after they're drafted. And I, I think that there's – that you could argue there's negative to that, but I think there's actually positive to that. I don't get caught up in the college news, the college fads. <clears throat> But when I was scouting Baker Mayfield, there was a guy that I just fell in love with. I mean, I was just like, who is this guy? But then I looked up who he was. I was like, he's an itty-bitty baby man. He's too small. He's probably not an actual prospect. And I moved on from it. And then this year, once again with Kyler Murray, Hollywood Brown, I really believe. I mean, he is he's just awesome. He's just got something that all the defenders don't have the same way that Tyreek has it. So he would be my guy. You know, it's funny you say that. I was listening to uh, one of my other podcasts because I try to listen to some football podcasts without the fantasy spin. I want to hear some other people's input and then try to put my own fantasy and dynasty spin on there. But uh, Todd McShay last week on, on, on their show said that he was the most dynamic player that he can rem remember scouting over the last 20 years, and that included Deshaun Jackson. So that was a pretty bold statement. So that's a good one. Jerry, uh, you and I have talked a lot of rookies, but, but who are some of the guys that you're in love with? All right. So we've talked a bunch about all the, the top rookies, so I'm not going to go with one of them. I mentioned him, I think it was two weeks ago, when we did our Superflex mock at the end. Miles Boykin, wide receiver from Notre Dame. I mean, let's talk about a combine warrior, 6'4", 4'4 speed, 43 and a half inch vertical. He had the best three cone at the combine for a wide receiver. I mean, we're getting all gaga eyes over DK Metcalf, and Miles Boykin actually did all of that stuff, plus was good in the agility drills. You know, Notre Dame, bless Brian Kelly's heart, he just doesn't focus on wide receivers. It's always a run game and a defense. And yeah, I mean, it did okay for him, but it, it, you know, I want to see what miles Boykin can do. If he ends up having some high draft capital, he ends up on a team that's going to pass him the rock. He's a guy that I might scoop in at the end of the first round and not feel ashamed about it. You should feel ashamed because you're Jerry. Um, I'll, I'll hit you. I, I will hit you with a couple and don't, don't think you can get by without a Terry McLaren reference. I love Terry McLaren. I think he's every bit as good an athlete, at least you know, pretty close to his college teammate, Paris Campbell. I just like him as a better route runner. I like what I saw at the, the senior bowl. Um, you know, I, I will hit you with um, Travis Homer from Miami. Pretty good pass catcher down there. Big hands, uh, decent combine. So I'd be curious to see where he lands and what kind of role he can carve out. And then um, 
Debo, Debo Samuel, I mean, he's kind of a borderline wide receiver you know, that's going in the second round, but, but he's really creeping up my draft board. And we'll talk more about that as we inch a little bit closer to the draft. But those are three that, that I'm starting to fall in love with. Uh, McLaren goes without saying. He's uh, my 2019 Cooper Cup. He's an older wide receiver. He's 24, um, but someone that I think I will absolutely have on every Dynasty roster that I have. Well, listen, Jason, we know you have a lot to do. We are very appreciative of your time, but please so again. So appreciative. Yeah, and so please tell us again about, you know, obviously the spitballers, the footballers, and then the UDK. Wrap it up and uh, let the listeners know where they can find you. Sure. I mean, find me on Twitter at JasonFFL, but uh, yeah, go to the fantasyfootballers.com or spitballerspod.com and every, that's basically your portal for everything, including the Ultimate Draft Kit. I uh, I think most everyone that has ever got the Ultimate Draft Kit has been very happy. They come back year after year and uh, we help win some hashtag Foot Clan titles. That's what we do. Ha- so uh, yeah. Thanks for having me on, guys. No, thank you. And I, that, that UDK is available for pre-order. That is correct, right? That is correct. You can get it at the lowest possible price right now. Well, we uh, we don't delay here at the Dynasty War Zone. So head over there, you know, check out the the UDK, get you a copy. And remember, that thing updates throughout the year. It's Again, he, he mentioned it earlier. It's not like a magazine where it becomes stale about a week after you get it. it. It stays current. So, Jason, on behalf of Jerry, on behalf of me, thank you for coming on. And remember, here at the Dynasty War Zone, we're just trying to make the world a better place to fantasy football. We'll see you next week. Thank you.